0: So I'm beginning uh, to read from Isaiah chapter 46 and we're starting at verse 8. Remember this, keep it in mind, take it to heart you rebels, remember the former things, those of long ago, I am God and there is no other, I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey and from far, a far off land a man to fulfil my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about and what I have planned, that I will do. Listen to me, you stubborn hearted, You who are far from righteousness, I am bringing my righteousness near. It's not far away, and my salvation will not be delayed. I will grant salvation to Zion, my splendor to Israel. We've been doing uh, some... uh, Readings and reflections on the book of Isaiah And I'd, I'd encourage you uh, in the weeks to come Just to just to read Isaiah And uh, see some of the messages that uh, he has uh, for us This passage before us is really one Where Isaiah's calling the people to trust in the Lord And uh, really he's been talking a lot about Don't worship idols Where do you put your trust? Where do you get your hope from? Where do you get your life from? I'm going to go through this passage, and uh, uh, I think it's a great passage. And so he starts in verse 8 with, remember this, fix it in mind, take it to heart, you rebels. Remember this, what I'm about to tell you. Fix this in your mind. Cement it in your minds. Get it solid in your minds. Take it to heart, you rebels. I'm going to tell you something now, says Isaiah. I'm about to tell you something that is vital for your life. Remember this, and particularly this about God. Because when you're faced with problems in life, and we all are faced with problems of various types, Um, the way to get through is to remember God. It's to remember who he is and what he's done. Now, I I learned of a a John Newton song. Uh, He's got a song called Be Gone Unbelief, My Saviour is Near. Be Gone Unbelief, My Saviour is Near. Good name for a song, isn't it? And one of the verses says this, His love in time past forbids me to think. He'll leave me at last in trouble to sink. His love in the past forbids me to think that he'll leave me in the trouble I face and that I won't sink. If I look at my life, this is Derek I'm talking about here, there's many times where I have doubts and unbelief and double-mindedness and a wandering heart or, or just plain sin. And yet, Throughout those times, if I look at God, he has, is and he has remained solid, faithful, loving, full of grace and mercy and forgiveness. He is completely reliable and trustworthy through everything that I am and everything that I've done. And it's the same for each one of us. His love in times past forbids me to think he'll leave me at last in trouble to sink it, it, and stability in life is just based so completely on him. Because a grounded life is one lived out in light of the Lord's faithfulness. So he says this, remember this, you rebels. And why does he call them rebels? Well, he's called them that because of their idolatry. They've trusted in all sorts of things, except for the living, all-powerful God. And that's crazy. Why? would you trust in anything when you know the living God is there, now the idols that he's talking about uh, are almost they're, they're man made, well they weren't almost, they were, they were man made, they were blocks of stone, they were carted around big heavy lumps of stone on carts pulled by cattle and you always hold them up in case they fall over you build it and then you worship it now we don't do that in the same way but Remember, we do all sorts of things in our lives where we build something which we think is going to give us security, peace, joy, life, joy and fulfilment apart from the Lord, which is crazy talk because he alone is the God of all. That's rebellion. And that sort of rebellion, trusting in other, other things will always bring us to disappointment. It'll always bring us to grief because nothing can do what God alone can do. So, but as we look at this passage in Isaiah, he is calling us to remember, but what he's calling us to remember, and this is uh, what I really want to talk about today, he's not saying just remember the past, although it's important to remember who God is and what he's done. he's saying, I'm telling you something about your future. I want you to remember your future. I want you to remember what he's going to do. Keep that in mind. So in verse 9, it says, Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Remember, I have the future in control. I remember uh, a story about, uh, it's about uh, the Melbourne Cup uh, and uh, in, um, inmates in jail, they, they wanted to play the Melbourne Cup for the inmates to see. But um, the trouble was that the whole where the people were held, only held about 150 people, and there was a couple of prisoners in jail, so they thought, well, we'll run the Melbourne Cup, we'll play it on the big screen two days straight. So it was on the second day that uh, a couple of inmates were sitting there, and one says to the other, I'll put 20 bucks on the black horse, and the other one says, no, I'll put 20 bucks on the white. And they start running, and... uh, the white horse goes ahead and the white horse is going well and the bloke says, hey, give me another 20 bucks on the black horse. Yep, no worries. And then uh, the white one's going way out ahead. And, give me another 20 bucks on the black horse. Uh, on the, on the yeah, I've got it mixed up, but that's okay. Suddenly the black horse streams past at the last minute, wins by a nose over the white horse. And uh, one bloke says the other way, yeah, you owe me 60 bucks, you know. And uh, then he says, but he feels a bit guilty. He says, look, I want to be honest. I actually came in yesterday, and I watched this race. I I knew the black horse was going to do that. And the other one says, well, I came in yesterday and watched the race too. I, I thought the run were doing good. I can't hear your laughter, but it was a... What I'm saying is this, okay? We know the end from the beginning or more particularly, we know the end from where we are now, and so we're on a sure bet. Our money is safe, because we, uh, unless we're a fool, like that bloke who knew the end and he didn't bet on it, we know the end from the beginning. If I was to write a book about me now, just say, I've, you know, it wouldn't be that interesting a story, but I've... I'd probably start with my birth and maybe where my upbringing, my family, my school, friends and then my work and becoming a Christian would be an important part and then God's call on our life and getting married and having children and moving to Queensland, all those things. and it, it, But I've come to a point, which is probably about the 26th of April, where I'd go, and that's all that I know up till now. The rest of it, becomes an unknown, that's if I'm thinking about my story, but you see there's a far bigger story going on than just my little story I don't know the end and in one sense idolatry causes us to constantly control the future, I want to make the future secure, I want to put it all in place, but it never really works. What I want to say is this we don't know the end of our stories, but God does. Well, He reveals the end of all things in Scripture. And God is not the one who is waiting for events in history and then doing cleanups, mop ups, and then trying to work out what he's does. He's not making policy on the run. God has not, with the coronavirus, made an emergency response now. Oh, I didn't expect that to happen. What am I going to do? He knows the whole story from beginning to end. And everything is within the unalterable, unchangeable will of God. So Isaiah is a book which is quite incredible because in this book, in in one book, he goes not, not in order... But he includes everything from the creation of the world. And, and and he tells us that we as people were actually created for God's glory. He talks about the sin and the worship of false gods and when people didn't trust him. He says he's going to send judgment from other nations. And then he says he's going to send his saviour, who's going to be a suffering servant, who we know to be Jesus, and that Jesus would take the punishment that we deserved. He tells us in Isaiah that... Uh, this He'll be raised from the dead. He talks about sending the Holy Spirit. He talks about the judgment at the end uh, of all. He talks about the creation being restored. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and God's children will be God's children forever. Now, that's all in the book of Isaiah. What I'm telling you is Isaiah lays out the whole story. We fit in maybe here or here or somewhere there, but he tells us everything. Remember the former things he said, those of long ago, I am God, there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what's still to come. I say, my purpose will stand and I'll do all that I please. He means I've got a plan from start to finish and I'm working out and my purpose will stand. I will do all that I please. Now, for us, that means that if, we, if our trust is, is in his big plan, we know where we stand and we're safe and secure, not in the individual little day-to-day happenings, but in his whole story. My small story is secure in his big story and I don't have to be in control of everything even if I don't know the rest of my story. Because he's in control, often when we think about God's will and we talk about god's will as christians we're, we're thinking about what's God's will for my life what's God's will? what does he want me to do today tomorrow? But you see God's will is actually found more i mean it, it, it's true that we should search god's will search for God's will. But his will is actually worked out in the whole story. And that's great news because that story, we know the ending. We know how the horse race finishes. The black horse wins. Well, yeah, that's a bad example here. Yeah. The future is all safe in God's plan, but that plan includes us. He's not included in our story. We're included in his story. And so we speak of God's will By finding out what his whole story is. If we don't. We're going to end up with fear. And worry. Fretting. Obsessing. Things like that. Because everything looks a little bit shaky. If you think of it. This is just an example. Think of a person. uh, We would call them a martyr. Somebody who uh, is facing death for his or her faith. Now imagine They are there at that point where they are facing death uh, from someone who, you know, says if you believe in Jesus, you're, you're going to die. Now, that person may have been in their life spending time praying about what God wants them to do that day, what God wants for their family and their work. But suddenly everything, all those small things are meaningless in light of the big picture. Suddenly, the only thing that really counts to them is God's eternal purposes. What's next? Well, he's got that in hand. Can you understand? Whenever we face hardships, it's best for us to stand back, take a step back and say, what is God's plan for all of history, including me? And in that place, we actually have security and safety. That, there's a certainty. Do you know this? One day, Jesus is going to return. It might be before we die. It might be after. And the dead in Christ will be raised eternally. That's going to happen. That's that's sure for our lives. There will be a day of judgment, and for all who have trusted in Jesus, they have been declared already not guilty, justified. There is going to come a day where there is going to be a renewal of creation and we who believe in Jesus will receive new bodies. Isn't that awesome? I think it's awesome. We're going to live in a perfect relationship with God the Father forever. With Jesus, our King. God's will is so over... It's so... It's so big that he says this. From the east, this is verse 11, from the east I summon a bird of prey. Okay, you see that bird flying across the sky? I organize that, says God. To that, I, I'm directing its way. Jesus said, You know, a sparrow drops to the ground and your father's looking after that sparrow. From far off, he says, I call, I summon a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. So he summons a man. To, he's in control even of people. Now, if you were to think of a man coming from a far off land, if you were a Jew, you'd naturally think of Abraham who was in the land of Ur or the land of Babylon. He was worshipping other gods. And God summoned... Abraham to fulfill his purposes because God does as he pleases his will is not subject to our will but we are subject to him so God summons people he summons his non-believers and he saves them there was a God hater called Paul who was killing people who followed Jesus and Jesus appeared to him summoned him and brought him home Because, and that Paul said in Romans 9 he says Who can resist his will? It's good to know, isn't it? God's in control of what's going on in our lives. So in verse 12, he says, Listen to me, you stubborn hearted, you who are far from righteousness. I am bringing my righteousness near. It's not far away and my salvation will not be delayed. I will grant salvation to Zion, my splendor to Israel. His plan for all time includes bringing righteousness to the earth, to those who are far from righteousness. You know, you guys, you're a long way from being righteous, he says, but don't worry, I'm bringing my righteousness to you. Just like he brought it to Paul. For who can resist his will? Where there's no righteousness, I'll bring it. And we know that that righteousness came Through Jesus, he fulfilled his plans through him who knew no sin. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, God brought his righteousness to us who were far from righteousness. That's good. He brought three things in that passage. It says, I am bringing my righteousness near. I'm bringing my salvation near. And I'm going to show my splendor, my righteousness, it will come, says God. My salvation, it will come. My splendor, it will come. I will be glorified because all glory and honor belong to me. In all that, Isaiah is quite simply saying this, you can trust in God. You can trust him for everything. I want to read just a short passage to finish from Psalm 33, verse 8 to 11. But I would encourage you, if you want to also read something later in the day, read Psalm 33, read it through carefully and just see what God says about his purposes and plans. But he says this in verse 8 of Psalm 33. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nation. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he chose for his inheritance. Now, Go on and read that, but understand this. God has our big picture in His hands. We can rely on Him and trust in Him, and we can know this the future is good. Doesn't matter what we hear or see going on around us, doesn't matter how disastrous things seem. The future is in God's hands. He knows what He's doing, and He can be trusted. I'm going to pray. Father, I pray that each of us could put our trust in you, knowing that your plans for all of time will come to pass. I pray that you would give us so much joy as as we see our eternal security safe in you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.